Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fun Nail Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As always, we're going to take a variety of looks at some things that have been happening in the market today. So is the corn stuck in a range or can we possibly be testing some contract lows? And if you saw it today, the soybeans got a little close to that $9 mark. Did it get scared and want to run away? Uh, long-term weather concerns. And then on the flip side, I love this statement, a social media dumpster fire. And I think in many ways, that sums up what's been happening in the livestock complex because are we too scared to look at what twitter and what social media is saying about this industry as we know so many factors are feeding into it now from the box beef to kids going back to school not going back to school cities opening up shutting down it's all having effect in where we see these livestock trades so to dive into it all no pun intended to the dumpster fire kyle bumstead is joining us with allendale incorporated and kyle i first want to say welcome to the state of nebraska you have moved with your family you are in the sand hill and so let's talk a little bit of long-term weather first to kick off because we know these rains across Kansas, Nebraska, Minnesota, Wisconsin have been very hit and miss as of late. That's right, Susan. Thanks for having me again, and uh, proud to proud to call myself a Nebraskan now. So, um, you know, so when you when you talk about rainfall, you know, up here in the Sand Hills, um, you know, over the last forty eight hours, we're dealing with a little over three inches of rain, which has turned the pivots off. But uh, again, you say spotty areas when you get down south of the interstate here, it's it's hit or miss whether they're getting twenty hundreds or two inches. It's just all over. And same with crossing the river into western Iowa. You know, the radar might show a big yellow or or red spot over over some the driest areas but some of those areas are just barely getting enough to uh even get the sidewalk wet so it's definitely something here uh that is uh taking taking shape here as far as this longer term weather goes and we start uh we're we're into pollination now for a lot of this crop and next it'll be uh ear fill and things like that and you know we're going to start looking longer term here towards the end of this week uh, as far as out into august that's kind of when the bean crop is uh quote-unquote made in august and uh, some of these weather models are going to be shaping up looking out that far seeing how hot and dry or or what's out there for moisture well we've been talking um for the last week and a half or so about how much of a weather-related market we are in kind of want to get your spin as well as to what you're seeing what you're hearing from folks in the country as you talk to your clients well and and again there too where i talk to guys here uh, in central nebraska you know a lot of a lot of guys hey this crop looks excellent out here you know looks like we could we could potentially break uh you know break records here and you don't have to go very far away into that western iowa southwest iowa you know central iowa corridor and it's like eh, this crop isn't here near what we think uh got some clients up in west central minnesota same way up there they've been missing some rains and it kind of reminds them up there of 2012 talked to some guys out in the eastern corn belt uh, out in illinois here like today i talked to a gentleman in central illinois and he says i'm probably going to have a record-breaking yield here in, the, in in my area you get further east indiana ohio there's some guys out there that are struggling as far as it's too hot it's been too hot too dry too long for them and uh they're they're having some big issues out there in certain areas so looking at that as, as we look at this grain market is the corn stuck in a range because they're worried about the weathers and are we going to test some possible lows it, you know, it, it feels like we're kind of stuck in this range between 330 and 340 for now. Uh, we get down here towards the low end of the range. We start to see more sales pop up here on the 8 a.m. sales report, sales to China for corn, sales of corn to unknown in, in big ways here. You know, we've had some big purchases by China here in this corn uh, market here or, or physical corn here the last couple of weeks. So, you know, you're finding some some there i say value pickers or some bottom pickers or, or some value buyers come in down here but you've also got that too 
you know, when you get that pop up here or the support from that buying that comes in here, you look at the weather map and say, well, they're getting some rain, so likely we're raising another big crop out here, Susan. Corn, or excuse me, on, on the soybean side, I mean, we see that $9. It's, it's kind of like that, that golden carrot hanging out before the soybean producers. Yeah, you know, you're running into a lot of resistance up here uh, between this 9 and 9.15 area. And I say that because 9 is a big psychological mark for a lot of growers. It's a nice, even number. 9 bucks, that's what a lot of people are looking at, nice, even number. But then you go above it, 9.10, 9.12, 9.13, 9.15. There's some moving averages, a 200-day moving average up there. You've got some old uh, old highs up there that we made here the last couple of weeks that, you know, that bean market's really got to try to test to push through and close above in order for us, in my opinion, to make the next leg higher towards that 9.25. To possibly 940. I think there's a gap clear up there in the 940s on the chart, which is a possibility. Uh, you know, we could go see if we start getting some more positive closes up there. But with the funds being long beans, they have some ammo. If they wanna, if they wanna pull some length off this bean complex, it may it may keep us suppressed here if they so choose to do. Did you see any surprises in the weekly crop progress report? Not really. Uh, I mean, most uh, most areas got enough rain to you know green the crop back up. I mean, there there are those areas. Don't get me wrong, that are suffering. They are struggling, and I feel for them. But as a whole, I think the corn belt in general things look good. And I know that export numbers. Boy, that has been another hot topic around the water cooler per se. As China has mm-hmm. been in doing a lot of buying lately. That's right. That's right. You know, there. Uh, I think I think everybody's kind of glued to the to the scrolling news feed in the morning to see if there's any sales of corn, beans, or or even wheat to a, to another extent here to get some confirmation of those sales coming through here. But you know, they've they've bought it now. Will they take delivery of it now? There's some stipulations there. Maybe wanting to uh, certify that it's COVID free and things like that. What will that do to logistics? I don't know. Will that slow things down? Possibly. So they've bought it. They've got to take delivery of it yet. Well, having said that, we know that they've had some really bad weather issues. We know that there's been dams that have had to open up and it's flooding ag land. It just seems like a good opportunity for us to be able to supply them with more proteins. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it is a good opportunity for you know U.S. I mean, as far as we have, you know, we've got the best product in the world to uh, to ship out. We've just got to get them to come in here and buy it. And you uh, you bring up a lot of you bring up a very uh, a very big point there. Uh, a lot of that flooding uh, in China and breaking dams. How we don't know how much ag land is destroyed there. We don't know what the effects or ramifications long term are going to be there. So there might be some opportunity for uh, you know longer term if if there's some major damage done to a lot of area. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the happenings on the livestock side and look at that social media dumpster. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue the conversation with Kyle Bumstead, Kyle again is with Allendale Incorporated. And, you know, we, we joke about it, but in all seriousness, a social media dumpster fire, I think, sets the tone for what we've seen in this cattle market because there's so many what-ifs. And I shouldn't just say cattle. It's it's hogs as well. As COVID-19 and things have been happening and resurges and then falling back again a little bit, it makes for some uncertainties in how we market these cattle and the fear of will there be packing plants even available for me to take my animals that's correct susan i mean you 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 basically hit the nail right on the head there i mean you can you can log into social media and you can look at it and you know these cat you know are, are we current in the north well some say yes are we current in the south some say no there's big cattle from the south getting shipped north 
who knows what's right, who knows what's wrong. But when you look at the complex as a whole, we've had a nice rally here. We've gotten above some resistance in these feeder cattle that we've kind of had long-term. We're up against some long-term resistance again around this 143 area in these front-month feeders. Now, the question becomes... How do we react in the in the deferred live cattle contracts versus the front month feeders here? How can we manage our risk going forward? Because there are cattle that do pencil or they do work if the risk is managed correctly. Now, the the cash seasonal on feeders was to kind of rally here towards towards or through the middle of July. Now we can kind of see that with the index doing what it what's kind of coming down, it's it's sort of consolidating a little bit, but the seasonal is for the index to sort of work its way back down here uh, as we get into the 1st of August. Are we going to see, I mean, it's been quiet so far for the most part on this cash cattle. Are we going to see this quietness continue or is it going to kind of hold out and hope for some at least steady money this week? You know, it's it's been fairly quiet, but so far the bids have kind of, I know there are some regionals yesterday that had some 160 bids, some eastern Nebraska regionals, some 160 bids. Some of those bids kind of, you know, 156 to 157, which is about in line with last week. And, you know, moving moving forward here, it's going to be interesting as you've got this premium structure of the futures in the live cattle to the cash the question becomes what will we see for deliveries and it seems like deliveries every time we've come up we've come up to a delivery month here in this cattle complex we've seen uh, we've seen that big question and in fact we've seen deliveries uh, quite a few times here this year uh, as we've gone into those months so looking at consumer demand where are we moving forward and how does the the protein producer out there gauge it that's a very good question and i think a lot of that so i think a lot of that could get answered with What's the next economic economic stimulus package? Are we going to close schools this fall? Will there you know will there be buying for the school lunch programs? I don't know. That that's a question that you know people do have um, in in the industry. What kind of demand will we have from the consumer? And typically this time of year, uh, it's hot. People don't want to stand outside and grill. But you know we're coming into you know, that Labor Day here in the next three to four weeks, we're going to start preparing for that Labor Day weekend. What kind of demand is there? What are we going to get from the retailers? And how is the box beef all weighing in on this? Because I think that that really goes a long way when it comes to the consumer dollar. That's right. You know, box beef is, is uh, once I think, I think we found our bottom in the boxes for now, unless there is another issue and we start closing plants again, then we could see a, a rally like we did the last time. But uh, I think we're probably going to grind sideways and consolidate here in the box beef until we get some more uh, firm demand coming in here and some longer term. You know, we can kind of figure some of this out. We get this stuff behind us as far as the virus and we know that these plants are going to stay open. That may solidify and get, get this box beef and the, and the pork cut out on some more solid footing. What about from an export standpoint? What are we going to be hearing for these markets? That's a very good question. Again, too, like uh, on the grains, you know, with China and stuff, they want to, they want everything to make sure it's COVID free. You know, what does that do with our logistics? They've been buying a lot of pork from us. Uh, we don't export near the beef, but one of the countries that I always look for uh, on the Thursday export list, everybody is worried about China and how much China is buying. That's great for the commitments and stuff. I like to take a look and see. Where's Mexico? Because Mexico is our backdoor neighbor. They are right there. We can truck it down there. We can rail it down there. We can get whatever we can to Mexico just about as fast as anywhere in the world. And I like to see Mexico on top of that export sheet a lot, too, because they're the number one importer of U.S. pork. So what are some things that we want to, as we look at grain and livestock both, what's on the top of your of your must-look-at list as we head into the rest of this week? There, uh, I guess... Uh, 
what I'm looking at is, like I said, the deferred live cattle. I want to see how we figure out, uh, or if we figure out this range in corn, where do we go? Do we stay? Do we hold steady here at this 330 uh, and this 330, 340 in corn? Do we hold this, uh, you know, 880 area in soybeans? And I'm also watching the Kansas City wheat as well because it's time for a lot of producers to be making that decision. Do I store it? Do I sell it? What do I do? So there are some opportunities in Kansas City wheat out there as far as a hard red wheat complex for, you know, some deferred marketing opportunities. We've just got to be able to take advantage of all right sounds good kyle what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you you can get a hold of me out here uh at the farm ranch office here which is west of erickson you'll have to call for directions of course but you can call me at 712-880-6037 all right thanks so much kyle bumstead has been joining us today with allendale just a reminder commodity futures options do involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe to your podcast and on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.